What's up, everybody? Thanks again for joining me for another edition of March 4th with Mike Bauman. I, of course, am your host, Mike Bauman. Whoever you are, wherever you are listening from, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If you're a returning listener, I greatly appreciate your continued love and support. And if you're a brand new listener of the show, man, thank you so much for hopping aboard that pirate ship. You can follow me on Instagram at March 4th Pod, on YouTube at March 4th Pod. My website is march4th.podbean.com. The link tree with all of my stuff is in the podcast description for this episode. Y'all made it here, so you family somehow. And I truly appreciate each and every one of you taking the time, all right, to check out another edition of the March 4th with Mike Baum and Podcast. I hope that everybody's doing well out there. I hope that your summer is going swimmingly, and uh, hopefully you caught the Goonies reference in the beginning of that. If you're a first-time listener, that's where the pirate ship comes from. Classic movie. Hopefully it never gets remade and just CGI'd, um, because there's certain things that need to remain sacred, folks, okay? And the Goonies is one of them. Now, if they want to do a reboot with the original cast members, Kihai Kwan won an Oscar. His film career is resurging again. God bless that man. I'm glad he didn't give up on his dreams just like this show, persevere, move forward. But let's not CGI it with a bunch of young actors. And, you know, I, you know what I'm saying? Just, you know, certain things you just got to let them be. And The Goonies is a cinematic masterpiece directed by Richard Donner, produced by Steven Spielberg. And by the way, what an opportunity missed on one hell of a job. Outside of doing this for a living, that would be my dream job, would be if they saved The Goonies ship. And you just did tours of the Goonies ship. And then, like, you know, that uh, that uh, cave that it was stuck in with the water and stuff. How cool is that in the Goonies at the end when they go down the, those slides and they come out and they see the ship for the first time, which Richard Donner said that was the first time any of them had seen the ship because he wanted to get their genuine reactions on film. I'm really nerding out here, and I promise you we'll get into this week's episode. But I'm nerding out in the Goonies here because it's summertime. It's the movie season. But, uh, but man, what an opportunity lost, right? Like how dope would that have been? I would – 150 bucks. sign me up right now. I would go to Oregon. I would pay for the flight if I could have a Goonies theme park experience and like tour the ship. Dude, dude, come on. Uh, anywho, but I hope that everybody is doing well out there. Uh, I'm having a pretty good summer. Got a chance to go home a few weeks ago, as I said on last week's episode, and see some friends and family and – even though my gram was in a hospital, she's doing okay. And, uh, you know, I'm just appreciative for, for the people in my life that uh, are sticking around, the people who have stuck by me, uh, my close friends and family. You know who you are. For everybody who listens to this show and takes the time to like and subscribe or tell their friends about it, who leaves a rating and a review on Apple or Spotify, all those things go a long way and helping these uh, these episodes get out to more people. And ultimately, that's what I want, man. I have the opportunity uh, to, to talk to a lot of really awesome people, a lot of really cool people, a lot of really talented people. And um, I really hope that these conversations inspire you guys to chase your dreams. And maybe that sounds self-righteous, but I don't care because I know who I am at the end of the day. So screw what anybody else thinks. Um, but for real though, man, uh, it's, it's been really, it's been a really awesome journey these, these past few years. And, um, there's been ups and downs in my life, just like the rest is, you know, in that time. And to have this show to, to give you guys three episodes a month on Tuesdays 
I'm working towards monthly or, uh, you know, every week, four, four episodes a month. We're getting there. We're getting there. But uh, to put these shows out and connect with the people that I get to connect with, man, it really is uh, it really is a beautiful thing. So for anybody who takes the time to listen, even if this is your first time listening, man, uh, because this week's guests brought you here and they're awesome. Uh, thank you very much, man. Uh, from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate it. And uh, I'm trying to do, uh, you know, exactly that in my life in terms of the theme of the show, March 4th, persevere, move forward, you know, keep on keeping on, man, in the words of Joe Dirt. And uh, don't be afraid to chase your dreams, man. Um, and really, you know, quick aside, and then I'll get into this week's episode, but uh, even saying don't be afraid, it's okay to be afraid, right? Um, it's okay to have fear. And I think it was on an episode, maybe it was Pete Holmes's podcast, um, but there's a, there's a quote, I think it was from uh, one of the one of the former late night hosts was a Craig Ferguson who said, um, courage isn't the absence of fear. It's activity in the face of it. And I really loved that, you know, so just remember that as you're, you know, whatever it is, maybe, you know, you, you're, you're looking for a new career path or you're trying to muster up the courage to, you know, to ask somebody out or, or, or to, to chase your dreams and, 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 you know, maybe, you know, take a less practical route because you know it'll make you happier. Just just remember that. Courage is not the lack of fear. It's uh, activity in the face of it. And uh, that's the important thing, man. So it's one thing that I try to try to push through with my anxiety and uh, music helps and exercise helps. Therapy has been a huge help. And um, doing this podcast and being able to connect with a lot of really cool people really helps. And speaking of connecting with cool people, this this week's episode, it was like, you know, talking to new old friends. I'm not name dropping here, but I, I'm a fan of Michael Rosenbaum's podcast, Inside of You. And he said that a few times, and it's something that I've borrowed as well, where sometimes you meet people and they're like new old friends. And there's something about the Midwest, where I come from in the United States, where people are are pretty down to earth. I don't know if it has to do with the weather and just sort of that blue collar mentality, but um, there's a grit and a work ethic and a friendliness from from where I'm from that um, having lived, I guess you could say in the South now for almost eight years since moving to Nashville, I mean, you have the Southern hospitality thing, but but there's just sh- something about people from uh, from the Midwest, man, where Maybe it's just because I'm from there, but I just I, I absolutely feel a kinship with it, with with the Midwest, whether it's Ohio, Michigan, you know, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, Illinois. There's there's just uh, Pennsylvania. There's there's just a cool vibe there, um, where you you meet people and there's there's just a, a camaraderie and uh, it's it's a unique feel. And this week's guests are from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. They are none other than the dudes from After Hour Animals. They're a metalcore band. If you're a fan of Dayseeker, I Prevail, Bring Me the Horizon, Bad Omens, you'll love these guys. And specifically from After Hour Animals on this week's show, we've got Nick, Armand, and Bao. And uh, like I said, man, right away from talking to these dudes from the jump, it was hilarious because before we even hit record, Armand was like, hey, man, He's like, where are you from? And I'm like, oh, you're picking up on the the Midwest accent, man. Me putting my Y's before my A's and saying back and hat, you know. It's flattened out a little bit more since I moved to Nashville, but uh, 
but yeah, so so right away from Jump Street, man, before we even hit record, we were having fun talking to each other, and it was just great to get these guys on here and learn more about their story. They are heavy hitters in their hometown, but they're also making waves globally with their music. Um, you know, these guys have, have really made a, a name for themselves over the past few years since the pandemic. Their EP, Remember This, came out on March 20th, 2020, before the whole world went to hell. Um, but over the past few years, these guys have been busy cranking out songs, man. And uh, the latest one came out on June 2nd. It's called What I Wanted. And it, it deals with the end of a relationship. And um, it's it's kind of more of almost like a like a pop-influenced ballad. But again, that's kind of what I love about these dudes is they, they can go from more melodic to heavier stuff. Nick and Armand both are vocalists, so they have a cool dual vocalist setup where Armand does a lot of the heavy stuff and Nick does a lot of cool melodic stuff. And um, they've got a, a really unique unique sound that, that I think is something that gives a little bit of something for everybody. If you love hard rock, if you love metal, if you love headbanging, if you love you know choruses that you can sing along to, if you love awesome guitars and great rhythm section, like they really do a little bit of everything, man. And like I said, even though they're heavy hitters in their you know hometown of Milwaukee, they've really made a name for themselves globally. Their single Dangerous, which came out, I believe, towards the end of 2022, uh, within like six months, it went over 250,000 streams. And now on Spotify alone, it's already over 450,000 streams. It's closing in on half a million streams. Um, and it's gone up almost 100,000 since when I talked to these guys in early June. They have another song called All It Takes, which is closing in on a million streams on Spotify. Lose My Head is almost 200,000. In Your Hands is almost 200,000. And What I Wanted, the aforementioned What I Wanted, which just came out at the beginning of June of this year, is already at almost 15,000 streams on Spotify alone. So across all platforms, I'm sure it's it's uh, it's doing really well. And in addition to all of that, these guys have really cool creative music videos that they have a lot of fun in and uh, put a lot of work effort into. And it was cool to watch those leading up to, to this conversation as well. We talk about that and... Uh, on the way, they've got a single called Sideways that's going to be coming out a few weeks after you guys hear this episode. It's going to be coming out in uh, August 18th, so, so right around mid-August, so pre-save that. But uh, but yeah, man, it was just great talking to Nick and Armand and Bao. Like I said, there's definitely a Midwest kinship, and it was it was literally like just sitting around talking with my friends, man. With, with my best buddies from, from back home in Toledo. And uh, again, there's maybe it's just because I'm also from that part of the country, but uh, we vibed and it was a great conversation. And I'm a, I'm a genuine fan of what these guys are doing and the music that they're putting out. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited to give you guys this conversation. So without further ado, I'm going to shut my big yapper and give you guys my conversation with Nick, Armand, and Bao of After Hour Animals. Here it is. Hey, we got it. It is the old eyes. I seriously am blind as a bat, y'all. I used to have to wear a patch when I was a kid. I, I would try, I would draw like a pirate logo on it and stuff and try to make it look cool when I was seven. It didn't really work. Um, <laughs> Well, dudes, this is uh, this is awesome. I'm I'm excited to talk to y'all, fellow Midwesterners, and um, I'm really enjoying the music you're cranking out. What I wanted, 
It's already got several thousand streams in the first week of release as of recording this episode. By the time this comes out in July, man, hopefully it'll be it'll be over 10,000 or 20,000. But uh, thanks for joining me, dudes. Great. Thanks for having us. We're happy to be here and we hope so, too. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. And so for people who aren't aware of, of After Our Animals, why don't you guys just tell them your name and, and what you play in the band? And that way, when you're speaking, people know who's talking, man. Okay, sounds good. Uh, my name's Nick, and I sing in the band. Uh, my name is Arman, and I'm the second vocalist, I guess the screamer. My name is Bao. They call me Bowser, the plug, and uh, I play guitar, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, I I just, as, a, as kind of a starting place, man, usually I like to go back a little bit with everybody and just kind of um, ask how you guys got started, you know, in terms of earliest musical memories you know and maybe how you got into heavy music because i know like when i was a little dude uh for me even though i ended up getting into like metallica and corn and just kind of kept going down the rabbit hole the earliest music memories i have are, are, are my dad um in the living room with the entertainment center and his two his two speakers and listening to like tom petty and eric clapton and stuff so that's where the that's where the love started but what about you dudes when when was that uh that moment when music really grabbed you you remember um, yeah, I mean, for me, I think, I guess I would have to say that like my parents both played guitar and my dad always sang like in church and whatnot. And that always at first didn't grab my attention when I was really young. I, I didn't care. I was like, I don't want to, I don't care at all. But as I entered, like, I don't know, teenage years, I would grab my mom's guitar. I'd pick it up. And I taught myself how to play. And I was like, I actually really love this. And I have a knack for playing it. And it's just something I enjoy. My parents were always really supportive of me doing it as well. And they helped pay for lessons at the time. And then when I took lessons, it just ended up being me and my guitar teacher just jamming, which kind of made it even better. And he was like, dude, you just do this all the time, I guess. And I'm like, yeah, I have no friends. I'm just going to sit in my room play guitar, man. <laughs> So yeah, that's that's pretty much with me. And then I like, you know, I fell in love with like Stevie Ray Vaughan, Jimi Hendrix, all like all like the classic, like, you know, psychedelic rock blues players. And that's what made me love it. And then as I got into high school and I kind of got mad at everything, I loved the uh, yelling and metal music and everything that was heavy. And then I slowly brought in the reins and I was like, you know what? not everything has to be screaming. It can be a mix. It can be whatever music is just a, it's, you know, it's a form of expression and it's a form of uh, just being emotional. So I just was able to, you know, rein in my high school self and not just say that everything needs to be heavy and have the most uh, vulgar lyrics possible. So. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I, uh, growing up, I was always like when I, I had like a babysitter it was my uh my cousin billy and he was uh pretty significantly older than me <laughs> and um my uh bill was he was a super cool guy and everything and he was uh had like a lot of teen angst and everything and um he got me into like corn and marilyn manson and slipknot at like a super young age and it just like like I just got so into it right away. Like I remember one of the first albums I ever bought from, uh, I got from a hot topic and um, it was a corn album 
I can't remember exactly which one it was at, at this moment, but um, I just remember just always seeing like anytime like a breakdown hit, I was like, oh my God, so cool. And I'd remember like talking to friends being like, yeah, I want to be in a band. I want to be in a band. I want to do this thing. And it would be like the parts were like, someone's screaming or uh you know like during the breakdown somebody was like well there's not that much of that in some of this music and i was like yeah i guess you're right and then in high school i got together with a bunch of guys and uh started a band called abide by me and ever since then i've just been trying to be a better and better vocalist yeah actually my band from high school abide by me we were on a workaholics episode we had this song uh, it was called Memoirs, and it was just the instrumental of the song, but it was it was the episode with Ben Stiller when they're wrestling, and when Ben, I think it's Ben Stiller, yeah, yeah, and when he's walking, or who was it? I can't, yeah, yeah, and um, which, it was the wrestling episode, but whatever big stars in the wrestling episode, it's when he's walking out there, you hear this like, and I'm like, that's my band, I got a paycheck for that, so um, that's, that's what, that's what got me into like music and playing music and heavy music. And I've just always felt like heavy music was like a home for me. It was a special place for me to uh, release emotion. Like Nick said, um, as getting older, like, you know, you're kind of realizing like it doesn't always have to be angry. It doesn't always have to be this like, you know, vulgarity to it. There can be also like something kind of like, I guess like, you know, something beautiful and like something heavier touchy. music, um, mixing pop influence to heavy music. So that's, uh-huh. that's my route. So Bowser. Uh, so pretty much, my dad plays guitar. I wasn't really much into it, like music. Both your guys' dads play guitar. Yeah, but my dad had a guitar. Dad guitar. Play it. Yeah, but um, I listen to like anime music, so I'm just like, oh, okay, this is like the only thing that's cool. But then I hit middle school. I hit, got like that uh Lincoln Park hybrid theory album. I think I got it at Sam's Club. I begged my parents for like thirteen bucks. <laughs> Nah, this shit's like he's gonna go down a bad route. You don't want to listen to this shit. I'm like, <laughs> listen to it. You gotta get it for me. So that I got it. I played the first song. They're like, this is trash. I'm like, dude, this is awesome. You know what I mean? Lincoln Park was yeah. like Chester. It was like, you know, what I mean, R.I.P. The one of the best. And then I got into Blink 182, and then like emo era, like Silverstein and stuff like that. That's where I like learned to play guitar. Was like Blink 182 and like Silverstein. Mine was like August Burns Red, dude. That was like the first, the first band that I actually heard. And I remember seeing the music video for uh, Composure, dude. Yes, and then when he goes, yes, yeah. he's just screaming right away in the beginning, and he sticks his hand. My mom got me a like, DVD. So my, sick, 2004. I'm like, they're Christian. Dude, my mom got. My mom got me this DVD from Hot Topic uh, when I was in like I think it was like end of middle school, like eighth grade or freshman year, and it was called the DVD was called Change, and it had all these different music videos on it. And the first one was Composure by August Burns Red, followed by um, The Chariot. So and Norma Jean was on and stuff too. So yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. But yeah, that's pretty much it. That's what got me into guitar and metal yeah i I actually didn't even talk about singing i don't really like metal though that much i like i think i listen to like hip-hop mostly i don't even like spirit box is cool that's about it but like that i listen to lately i just listen to like mostly hip-hop juice world and like i feel like it's just about expanding yeah listening to and not even just expanding it's just like when you write something too when you write something and you write a certain genre of music it gets to a point where like 
you've listened to all these bands and you're trying to be one of these bands but you and don't. you're doing things but yeah but like you also need to stray away from it and listen to other things and take influence from other genres of music and other artists because if you don't you're gonna just end up sounding like everyone else which you don't want to do you want to have something be your own and that's why it's important to listen to a lot of genres of music yeah exactly yeah yeah it was funny listening to you guys like at first until i saw the band photo i didn't realize like there there were two singers you know because so many so many artists you know guys can go from like like howard jones you know formerly kill switch but him and jesse leach can can both go from like the, the craziest melodies to like like just guttural like death vocals you know mm-hmm. and then i saw the band fo- photos and uh, and i w- i was listening or watching the music videos i was like oh they got they got like the heavy guy that they got the more melodic this is this is sick so i thought that was really cool when i when i saw the music videos and stuff and i was like oh word they got like two singers doing this this is cool man because that's that's i mean i feel like there's been kind of more of that the last couple of years but i still think that's a really cool unique thing to be able to you know especially when you're melding genres and and i saw like just reading the bio and stuff that you guys kind of describe yourselves as a mix between rock and metalcore and i think that's really accurate because you guys have some really catchy choruses but then like um oh god what was the the song um in your hands at the end you guys have that like sick breakdown at the end of that you know where, where it's kind of a cool outro to the song so yeah, that's a long way of me saying there's not even a question in there, but it's a long way of saying, yeah, I like I, I think it's really cool how you guys have the dueling vocals, man. I think something that um a, a couple people have pointed out uh, out to us, too, is that like in the songs, it's almost like um two different personalities. You know, you have like Nick who's singing, who's maybe made like a little bit more like level headed and clear and kind of like seeing the situation. And then there's a the screaming that's the more like chaotic um you know, uncontrolled um, vice that you have. So, the devil and the oh, angel. Yeah, that, angel yourself. and the devil. There you go. That's the thank you. That's the perfect way to describe it. Thinking, yeah, I said the devil first. Yeah, yeah. which is the thing. Yeah, you know? he you did. Said angel first. <laughs> yeah. Well, staying on that was that kind of the concept in uh, was it the music video for role play, Nick? Where you're kind of like in the dark, and then um, Armand, you're you're kind of like screaming over him while he's kind of you remember what i was talking about that yeah, part that's exactly that's pretty much uh the videographer that did that with us his name is eric dollister that was exactly what we kind of uh came up with him it was like it's like it almost looks like an interrogation room where nick's sitting there and it's like someone's like trying yeah. to get answers or direct him in a certain way and nick's the one that's trying to be like no no this is what i need to do and i'm like the nope you need to fuck it up yeah ruin everything so like, yeah back sunday vibes from this band like how they back in the old school like back in the day they have like you know what i mean kind mm-hmm. of like harsh vocals and the singing yeah no and i feel like that's kind of the goal the goal is to, like, yeah, to give that variety and give that back and forth and give that good and bad and give kind of whatever anyone wants to take away from it because at the end of the day we write songs for ourselves about ourselves and about our lives but we want to keep it open to interpretation because we don't want we don't want anything to be one dimensional we need everything to be even more than two or three we just want any any person to be able to relate to our music in whatever way possible because at the end of the day you're listening to it for your enjoyment and you're listening to it for you to take something away from it and it's like it's no it's not about us you know 
Yeah, yeah. And I and I think it's cool how you guys have diversified the the singles too. You know, like like what I wanted is a is a completely different vibe from like regenerated or you know, high strung, like my anxiety. Like I and 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 I think that's cool too, the subject matter that you guys are tackling in your songs. It 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 goes it varies from everything from like the party upbeat type stuff, you know, to to something like my anxiety or or high strung um oh the music video for uh for dangerous you know that was a you know a, a lustful one i'll just be di- diplomatic and say that you know yeah. That, that, oh yeah yeah that, so that was yeah. a too so you guys are giving <laughs> i think well, you guys are giving giving people you know like you said you're you're diversifying it it's definitely coming out in the music videos and when you listen to the music too well i think a lot of things too um Sometimes, like, I feel like, you know, when we've watched, like, people review our songs or whatever, a lot of people sometimes at first get the impression, like, oh, this is a party band, you know, like, with, like, yeah. uh, subject matter. But it's not glorifying anything like right. that. In fact, it's just more of us being, like, this is, like, again, like Nick said, a devil on our shoulder. This is, like, um, you know, a, yeah, a dark thing that we just. But they can't write about or yeah like we're not we're we're here to embrace vulnerability we're here to embrace like that there are going to be hard times that you're going to slip up you're going to fuck up and you're going to make mistakes but at the end there's always retribution yeah and i and and i think that's cool because uh that's that's one of the things that always drew me to heavy music like you were talking about getting you know born when you were when you were young like that was that was one thing that always drew me to Corn and and Jonathan Davis's vocals, and I don't know if you guys have ever got a chance to see them live, but that dude, I, you'll never see a video of him mailing it in ever. You like, there's there's not one video that you'll find on YouTube. I've never found anything where it looks like, oh, Jonathan Davis is just kind of like going through the motions tonight. Like that dude, I feel like when he sings, it's like a catharsis and like almost reliving all of that horrible stuff you know what i mean and that that comes out in the music and um and i felt like my parents got divorced when i was 11 and um that was tough when i was a kid and so heavy music was like the that was the place where all that rage and anger went it was always like a positive release of negative emotions so yeah just just on that armand yeah i think that's a good point like um people sometimes they just don't have that ear for it you know what i mean they're like oh this is abrasive you know what i mean but it's like (laughs) but it's like yeah but it's but it's better than going and getting a fight at a bar or you know going off at some kid at jc penny these pants were supposed to be 20 bucks with the coupon (laughs) you know it's like it's not about it's not about the pants it's about all the other stuff that dude dealt with that week at work and at home that he just he just shoved down and and you know you guys are from the midwest like i you know like you know, uh, people from from our parents' generation, I feel like we're like that. They just buried it and buried it and buried it, or they they drink a lot or they smoke and they. <laughs> you, know the losers, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, you no, know. No, no, I, mean? I I completely agree, and I I think it's funny that you even said this like this stuff about customer service and the yelling at people, and you know what? I think first of all that that's ridiculous. I am a server at a restaurant right now too, <laughs> along with this band. It's like you guys need to be nice to everybody, but. <laughs> But also besides that, I think when you listen to heavy music, it's not even just taking out rage. It's just it's just a matter of easing your mind. And like, I, I don't know what it was that I was listening to, but or what I was reading or whatever it was. But 
I know that they said somewhere that it's like when you listen to heavy music, it like almost like it does something to your brain where it like makes it where it's almost more calm. It's more Zen and it, it makes you able to process things better. And you're able to like, it's not as easy. Like when you're listening to something that's easy listening, it doesn't do the same for your brain. And I'm not saying you have to listen to, you can listen to whatever you want, but it's like, yeah, like when you feel a good breakdown or something, it's like, kind of like you're, you feel pretty good. Like you get in a fight, you get in a fight with, you know, your significant other, you have a bad day at work. Someone cuts you off on the freeway or something. And music is that escape for you. I mean, the, the heavy music culture in, in general, whether it's live shows, moshing, whatever it is, it's, it's an, uh, a form of escape. Like it's somewhere where you can really just finally like, let loose, let it out in a constructive manner, like in a healthy manner through art. 100%. And like, Bao, you were talking about uh, Juice World hip hop too. And I think it's been cool these last couple of years to see like the the melding of those worlds. You know, you start, you've seen a lot of, I mean, people have been wearing band, band t-shirts as like fashion and stuff, but even in the music, like, you know, there, there's, there's been a lot more crossover both in the punk worlds and the metal worlds. I feel like with hip hop, you know, and juice, juice world. Like when you said that, I was like, ah, oh, this dude gets it. Cause yeah, he, I went through a horrible right, breakup a couple of years ago. You'll see some stuff. We, we had some 808s. Yeah. <laughs> we have plenty of hip hop, like even beforehand, like I know a number of songs like high strong and uh, even recently, I don't even think we put out enough that have them, but all of the next ones we have coming up, are all very it's a very big mashup of like yeah, yeah of like too. metal hip-hop other alternative genres and it, it's really fun and i think it blends fluidly and it's like i think it's real nice to listen to and i am very happy with how everything's turning out it gets lower yeah <laughs> it gets lower yeah Dangerous had like a bouncy kind of dancey vibe in that one too. Like the drums in that were kind of yeah, yeah. That was a that I was think a- that that one was originally actually going to be. Um, uh, Nick has solo music, and uh, I think that one. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. That was originally going to be a solo Nick song. No, it was. Yeah, and I wrote I because I wrote the whole song, and it had nothing like it did. I mean, obviously, it had the guitars, it had everything like that, and the choruses and whatnot. But it didn't have any of those breakdowns that were in it. Very rock. Yeah, but it but it was super rock. And then I was as I was thinking about it, I was like, eh, you know, maybe this could be a song for After Our Animals because I love the hook, and I'm like, not like it's gonna be wasted upon myself, but like you know, our band's doing pretty well, and I was like, I want to give us a good song. So I was like, okay, maybe we should try to rearrange this into a way that it can fit the band and i think we did a good job about it and i'm really happy with what we did with it and it's like our best we, going song right yeah now, and, we, so. and so like i was really i was really happy about that too that it did so well because i i love that like i wrote that hook and i was super proud of it and then for the for the verses i was just like okay we're gonna sing but then let's make it let's, uh, let's give it something uh to bounce to something for people to headbang to it's kind of like a national vibe right? it's definitely got some country <laughs> twang to it i would say <laughs> yeah I, and, and that's it, it's interesting now too like with all the genre melding because like you know i didn't i didn't really come up listening to to country growing up like my dad was very much classic rock like i said like tom petty eric clapton 
my uncle, rest in peace, loved the Stones. That was his favorite band. And then my mom was very 80s pop and new wave. She loved in, you know, like everything from like Duran Duran to the police. And then I got into heavy music because it, it, it was kind of the stuff that I found that spoke to me the most. But my my big brother, Brandon, who's six years older, uh, you know, he was he was a teenager in the mid 90s. So he was listening to, you know, Metallica corn when when you know what came to be new, known as new metal started really popping off with corn and all those bands um but so when i came down here i'm thinking like oh nashville it's all just going to be country and and really you come here and you realize like it's it really is the music city like it's everything here um but what i've noticed in a lot of modern country is there's a lot of a lot of hip-hop in modern country like 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 Morgan Wallen like there's like a lot of the oh courses. I love like as dude yeah, I, I get shit everyone. all the time for Last night. so many modern <laughs> country <laughs> bands but I love country music and like modern or old like I think I modern love, country is pretty cool I think modern country is almost on the threshold of pop music too so yeah Nelly with Florida George <laughs> line dude <laughs> baby your song so you make good. me want to roll it's good that's why it's it's catchy it makes yeah, me want to have a good time and that's what's I've warmed I've warmed up a lot to it since I moved here you know I can admit I used to be kind of a music snob when it came to certain oh, certain things and then I'm like I'm like okay you know and actually like Chris Stapleton is super dope too man like I mean and I know that probably sounds weird people are probably like dude of course of course he is but I mean like he really wasn't on my radar and then I came here and I listened to uh, I think that was the record Traveler came out in like 15 and I'm like, this dude's got like a soulful, bluesy kind of like, and then he did the national anthem at the the Super Bowl, and that that was sick. Like this this last Super Bowl, um, like he, he's really yeah. really good. So yeah, I um I've warmed up to warmed up to the country since moving to Nashville. But you moved to Nashville? Yeah, no, yeah, and he moved to Nashville before oh, from, from from Ohio. There you go, oh, nice. Ohio. Toledo, Ohio. Yep. Ohio. We'll be in Nashville in what? What's the date? August? Something? In August. Yeah, we'll be in Nashville out in August. We haven't announced the tour yet, but it'll come. Oh, out. okay, okay. Yeah. What? Well, well, I'm coming out, man. You heard it here. Oh yeah, here. awesome. That would be. I'm gonna hold awesome. that to you. <laughs> we love Nashville. We went there to record our. Yeah. I'm a man of my word. Okay, well, I can I can edit this out if you can't let the cat out out the bag. But who are you going on tour with? Oh, yeah, I don't. Think oh, it's, that it's just with us. Man. So it's a it's a solo tour. And let me see. I got starting that. in Florida, which is nice. I've yeah. never been to Florida. We're gonna be <laughs> we're gonna be in Nashville on um, August 17th. We'll be there. On my calendar right now, man. Perfect, man. I can't wait. It's gonna be a great time. Oh yeah. Where are you got the venue? Yeah, the uh, venue is going to be, sorry, open up my notes again, uh, 404 Bar and Grill. So, yeah. Awesome. I'm, I'm literally putting in my phone right now. Dude, hell yeah. Can't wait, man. It's going to be a good time. And we set up our lights. <laughs> yeah, we got lights. <laughs> Thursday night, I can either take Friday off or I work home from home on Friday anyway. No, that's perfect. Oh, rock and roll, man. I can't wait. That's how you know you're getting old. I'm like, oh, it's the show on a school night. I don't know. You know what I mean? Dude, you're, you're telling me, man. It's August. Summer. I, I work like. still think like a kid. Like, they're on summer break. I'm on summer break. Outside the band, I work like 50 to 60 hours. So I I totally get it. That's a, that's the, Those are long hours, man. 
Yeah, I uh, I manage a place. Uh, it's called the Hounds and Tap. Half of it's uh, half of it is a dog park and bar, and then the other half is doggy daycare, boarding and grooming. So I work with dogs for a living. That's why a lot of people always ask about my paw print tattoo I got on my face, and it's because I got rescue dogs and uh, I work with dogs. So yeah, Dude, that's dope. Things. That sounds like a sick place, man. That sounds pretty oh, cool. I love it. I run the whole place. It's literally. It's a dream. Besides music, it's a dream to me. So music being number one, this is real close to it. So, yeah. What kind of dogs do you have, man? Pitbulls. I'm looking at Morty right now. And then Bow's got a corgi named Morty. He's hanging out there. But, I yeah, I got rescue pitbulls. So, yeah. They get a bad rap, but it's all how you raise them, man. My, uh, my, my boy Rico. Him. My boy Rico, he's my best friend in the whole world. He's the coolest dog ever. He's a... He's a big ass tank and he's got nothing going on half the time in his head, but he's a good boy. Yeah, it's like my sister's dog. Uh, her and her boyfriend have a dog named Loki and he's a pit bull as well. He's the calmest, sweetest thing on the planet. Like, I'm not even going to say dog. I'm just saying in general, he's it's like, it out there. no, and it's my he's like my favorite thing to see. I come home to visit them and you got oh Uncle Nick, God, Uncle yeah, Nick over Uncle here. Nick, I'm like, <laughs> but it's more like like I'm going to steal that. Dog. I'm going to tell you right now, I want him at home with me. <laughs> yeah, no, he's got this them eyes, dude. He looks up and he's so just like calm and you can see he's scared of as much of the world as you are you know <laughs> so there is no uh like horrible or like mean intent in his brain or in his body i love them both man dogs and cats my cat charlie i had half my life i had a beagle growing up ginger um they're awesome dude it's just for me like i'm I, usually i leave for work at like before six and then i'm home at like four and um I, if I ever have a dog again, I want to have a little bit more space just because I I feel bad leaving it, you know, and, and I've heard sometimes like, you know, they get used to their crate or they get used to the space and like cats are more independent. But, you know, even even when I was still at home, like my, my cat had more room to run around and stuff when I was in my 20s and, you know, early 20s and stuff and still Proven still with my parents, you know what I mean? But what's oh, yeah, that? Totally. It's proven that the that, that animals get anxiety when everybody dogs or dogs. Yeah, cats don't give a shit. Yeah, like Rico, my dog Rico comes to work with me every day. Like he he sits in my office and he hangs out. All the staff get to hang out with him. And then when the dog park isn't open, uh, he gets to run around out there. Uh, unfortunately, he's not good with other dogs, so he doesn't get to really interact with some of the other ones. Because uh, like, he like was a protective. rescue. He well, he was a rescue from a fighting dog situation. Oh, so okay. yeah, he had a rough, a rough first start of his life, but now he's living the dream, man. Now he gets all the pig ears and duck heads you can imagine. So, dude, those are crazy when I see those at the store, <laughs> yeah, man. Duck heads, dude. Full on <laughs> duck head, dude. I he... saw the duck heads when I was walking in, and I was like, I was like, damn, dude, it's a whole head of a duck, dude. <laughs> but I wouldn't want to eat one. Yeah, no, I mean, we're not going to eat one. I mean, we could try one. That'd be funny, actually. <laughs> I'm the yeah, I'm the only uh, sibling right now without a dog, man, or or a pet in general. Um, my sister's got her dog Ike. He's like a he's like a rat terrier and like Boston terrier mix or something. So he digs, man. Like he he they're they're <laughs> in the Detroit area and he like digs holes in their backyard, like because they're they're diggers. Like they that's I oh, think hell yeah, like hunt yeah. for like little little animals and stuff. Yeah, so. Yeah. <laughs> 
just, it's just like in his nature. So he's just digs holes in their backyard and he is so he's the sweetest dog, but he's like super hyped up. Like he's like uh like the dog in the in the mask. That's like his vibe. You know what I mean? Like he's just like oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. That's awesome. And then, <laughs> and then my other brother, Greg, they've got uh a mini golden doodle named Tails. He looks like a little teddy bear. And then oh, yeah. uh and my big brother Brandon's got a um sorry, I know I derailed this in the dog talk, but no, then, I, I started no, it's that. fine. I this started is, this is nice talk, man. And then my big brother Brandon's got, I think she's like one of those uh Australian shepherds. Um, oh, the the hurt the cattle herding dogs, right? Dude, I yeah. Dude, I got they, called like, her, uh, they called her Mazzy after that song <laughs> from the early nineties, Mazzy Star. Yeah, that, oh, uh, cool, cool. That's awesome. Oh, but the dog he had before that had I she was kind of a mix, Riley. But dude, she had the gnarliest bark. Like when you pulled up, you thought Cujo was in that house. And she was <laughs> she was super sweet. She had like a herding dog in her too. But dude, like, yeah, you come up to the house and like she was so smart, she knew the sounds of like their vehicles on the driveway. But if anybody else pulled up and started walking up, she was like, This is not my people. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. And then when you came into the home. house, like she was cool. Like once she knew your scent and like she was the sweetest dog ever, but dude, her, her bark and her growl was like, you're like, dude, is Cujo up in that house? Like, <laughs> that's awesome. No, that's, that's cool, man. I'm I'm glad you got like a fun, a fun day job to, to supplement, you know, the, the music and stuff. But, um, but yeah, getting, getting back to the music, uh, you know, you guys mentioned dangerous is doing really well, but, uh, what I wanted out the gate just in the first week is, it's got several thousand streams. Um, the music video was cool. And I, I, I know this one is just, uh, I mean, you can kind of tell lyrically, but even reading up about it, it's um, thematically, it's it's about like kind of dealing with the end of the a, a relationship, right? And then another thing I wanted to ask was the the music video, the the color tones in that were like blues and grays. So I don't know if that was by design too, because those are kind of like more sort of melancholy type vibe. But uh, talk to me and the people a little bit about the latest single, man. Um, I guess I would say, so the color was, uh, was intentional. Um, we, we set up, we set up like, so I, I set up the light show that we have with our lights to be behind everything when we were filming. And I, I think we purposely kind of decided on the cooler colors because of the more somber feel of the song. And it's kind of droney too very and, much a ballad yeah, yeah yeah so and i mean those colors make sense like in dangerous it was all red hot you know what i mean so and it yeah. makes sense for the feel and with what i wanted yeah that song that song was about i mean personally for me it was about lyrically it's about a relationship that i had ending and then when it ended you kind of self-reflect and you look at who you were in the relationship rather than just sitting back and feeling like, oh, I'm sad because this person left. Because obviously you already did that. It's been time. But when you self-reflect and you realize that maybe you didn't do the most you could have done. And so when you say you wish they would have done something, but they you didn't. Yeah, exactly. You wanted them to do something because that was in the past, but they always still have that piece of you because no matter what relationship you're ever in, even if it's not romantic, I feel like the people who you meet in your life that are very important to you, 
you always leave a little bit of you with them and they live leave a little bit of themselves with you. And I think it's important to recognize that and then learn, grow, and move past it. Not past it, I that's the wrong word. Move forward with it. Because if you because you know, if you don't, then it's like you're gonna be doomed to repeat other bad behaviors on yourself. And and same with them too. I'd see, you know, it's not like it's all anyone's fault. You know what I'm saying? And I think the song too, um, actually has like almost it's the structure of the song and everything lyrically too, it almost has the five stages of grief in it. Uh, an example is like in the breakdown, you know, there's like the bargaining, like the uh free me from pain. And then it's almost like when it comes back in and it kicks back in at the end, it's almost you kind of like finally accepting like, okay, I, you know, what happened happened. The way it ended is how it ended and I have to live with it. So whether it's a friendship, like Nick said, a romantic relationship, a band breaking up, you know, whatever it is. And it's like screaming to a higher power. Yeah. You can't control it. So you're almost asking someone else to help you with that because at the end of the day like when you're done with that and you've done all you can and you're trying your best that's all you can do so when you still feel those feelings you can only ask out and scream out and when you're screaming out you know the free me from pain free me from hate it's like actually trying to be like i need to get rid of this because it's still hanging on even though in my head i feel as if i have let go but you still feel those lingering feelings. And I feel like that's very, very common in any time you lose an important person in your life. 100%. Yeah, I relate to all that, man. Like, yeah, I went, I, like I was telling you guys earlier, like I, I went through a, a tough one a couple of years ago. I thought I thought she was it. And then it, it all ended really abruptly, not to go into too much detail and air out dirty laundry because I ain't about that life, you know? And of course, I, got, I mean, you know. You know what I mean? But, uh, and I, and I truly hope she's doing well and, and, and thriving, man. You know, like you said, you know, you, you always carry those people with you. And, but the weird thing is like, I was really, I was really close with my, with my grandpa too. And, um, he passed away when I was 23. So he had, he had a good run. He made it to 84. I still wear his necklace every day, but the, the analogy I'm making it, or I guess the comparison I'm making is like, when somebody dies that you love, like, you know, they're not here anymore. But when, when you go through a breakup, it's like, you know, you're still living your life. They're still living their life. But it's like it's like a death. But, you know, they still exist on the same plane. It's a really weird thing, man. So, yeah, it's I relate grieving. a lot. It's grieving. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's, grieving. yeah. there's grievance in any loss. And it's like, you know, people can say, oh, it's not comparable. But, like, you know, I don't know. I've had loss and death. I've had loss and love. And. I feel like they are comparable. Loss and love can almost feel like a death because if uh, sometimes it can feel like your your whole world is ending. Yeah, like hitting the stomach sometimes. Yeah, no, it's like it's like you feel it. It's so bad, you know. You feel it mentally that it actually affects you physically. You know, oh for sure, it makes your stomach drop. It makes you turn. It makes you not be able to sleep. It makes you do things you don't want to do. And like, I don't know, it's a crazy, it's a crazy thing to think about, but it also makes a good concept to write a song about. So that is why it's great that we have this outlet to put things out, like put things into. So it's like, you know, you have those emotions and you were saying you don't want to air your dirty laundry. I'm like, well, I guess we just do that all the time when <laughs> <laughs> writing music. Yeah. So. Well, but, but, but at least with music though, you can use metaphors and it's like, 
I mean, some yeah. people actually mention names in the song, but y'all are, you know, you're not, you're not like Jenny, this one's about, you know, <laughs> like, uh, fuck you, know. Amy. Yeah. Jesse's girl, dude. That's, that's my favorite that's song. That's perfect. That's that song's too upbeat to be sad though. Carry. Dude, that's a fucked up song. It is, but it's good. It is. Yeah. I, like I dude, <laughs> dude, I will tell you though, man, juice. Juice got me through a lot of stuff the last couple couple years. The goodbye and Hear good that, man. Hear yeah. that. Juice World. Yeah, Juice World's an artist that I know bow to, but like I've there's been a lot of times where like I've heard like a juice line. I'm like, oh man, dude got personal there. Like I felt that one right here. So yeah, it's like you feel it. That's why I like juice. Like it makes sense. Or like when he freestyles, it makes sense. Yeah, it's real shit. It's not like writing like and not to knock like bands that write, you know, like uh or artists that write songs about like make up like stories or anything like that. But like um I think something about us is we just we just keep it real, you know? I mean, even if too, I mean, I don't know, like you can almost write a story too at the same time and still make it about yourself. Cause I mean, I'm a big like I love just to write in general. And I feel yeah. like whenever you write anything, you put yourself into it. And it's like, cause that, that's the only way people aren't going to like, I feel truly that people will not like your music unless it has authenticity. And even if it like, I feel like that's the music that actually holds weight and makes people really want to re-listen, replay and then become a fan and talk with you because they want to meet you. They want to know your story and they want to know things about you. And you want to have those conversations as well because you care about it. hundred percent. Yeah. And I feel like people who really love music too, they can, they can smell the authenticity or, or lack thereof. You know what I mean? You can tell when, when somebody comes out with the yeah. song and you're like, Oh, this dude, like this dude's been through some stuff, you know what I mean? Or like, you know, whatever it is um or even even the stuff that's like a really like the upbeat stuff too like i think people you know you hear people talk about they have these like stream you know like what what's what am i looking for like creativity just from the ether and it like comes to them and a hook comes to them or a melody comes to them and and i like you said man i i think you hit a spot on nick like th those are the songs that stick you know what i mean and again i think that's really cool about the what you guys have cranked out over the last couple of years and really made the most out of, uh, uh, you know, the, the pandemic and all the awful crap that happened is just giving people different uh, snippets and facets of what you guys can do with the different vibes of your music. You know, like I, I really loved Regenerated, um, Lose My Head, My Anxiety. You know, I relate to that because I'm a I'm a nervous wreck a lot. Um, but uh, <laughs> as you yeah, exactly. <laughs> all the feelings. You're human. Feelings. You are human. Just hearing about it sometimes, though. You can't talk about it. You hear about it. It's like, okay. Yeah, know. man. No, I, I know. Dude, therapy, exercise, heavy music, all of it. Juice World, it all, all helps me get through, man. And the older you get, too, the more you just, you know, give a bleep in a good way, kind of. Like, you just get more, like, like I'm in my mid-30s now, and I'm like, dude, like, why should I care what anybody thinks? You know what I mean? Like the older, like that's kind of one of the good things that comes with aging. Like there's a point Heard when that. you get like your late twenties and then you kind of freak out a little bit. You're like, Whoa, dude, I'm going to be 30. But then you turn 30 and you're like, dude, this doesn't mean anything. And then you get to your mid thirties like me. And I'm like, okay, 
I still look a little young. I got a little pep in my step. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm in my 30s. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, me, it, and, me and Armand right here are sitting right on the cusp of 30. Yeah, I, I'm 30 in November. Yeah, and I am in February. I'll be so next year. Yeah, Dude, you guys, but you know, you're having fun. You're making music. You know what I mean? You're doing the stuff you love to do. That's that's really what it's all about. I mean, honestly, like I'm not that I'm not that much older than you dudes. There's not a whole lot of life between like almost 30 and 35. And it's oh, yeah, really no, I'm thriving in my 30s. 30s, you feel kind of better. You know, you got play money now. So, you know, what I mean? <laughs> like as a kid, you buy like that game. Now you can buy like the whole fucking arcade. <laughs> well, and by the time you get to 32, like you also, um, I don't like compared to when I was when I was 20, I was a couple years into college. You, you, you know, like any like that, that's part of just getting older. You have more life experience. You've been through stuff. You've been through heartbreak. Probably you've been through the high like you've had high moments. You've had low moments. You've lived long enough that maybe you've lost somebody you love, whether that's a relationship or death. So you kind of just have more life perspective and you feel a little bit more comfortable in your own skin. You know what I mean? One hundred percent, man. One hundred percent. I absolutely got that. One thing I did uh, since I brought up the pandemic, we were talking a little bit before the jump. And thanks again, dudes, for doing this. It's uh, it's good chatting with you guys, man. Um, yeah. You were talking about the or I brought up the EP that came out. Remember this and uh, it, oh, it, yeah. it came out March of 20. And then you guys were actually like, hey, that actually was something we had for a few years of the bag. And then we broke up and we got back together. And then by the time we get, rolled it all out, the apocalypse basically. Yeah, yeah pretty so much. The long story, as short as I can possibly say, is we've been a band for a decent amount of time since Armand and I have been like late teenagers. We basically started this band and that was a whole thing in itself. But after we started it, we really like, you know, we started something that was pretty cool. And like, it was my first band ever. It was like, you know, right at the end of high school. And it was my first thing ever I did. And we did really well within the scene and we were doing great. And then all of a sudden, you know, as friends do who grow too close, we hate each other. We break up yep. for a little bit. Yep, but yep. guess what? At the end of 2016, <laughs> these songs were all written and ready to go. But then we didn't drop them. I so. sent a... Or yeah, sorry. I was gonna I was skipping ahead to 2020, but we broke up and then I did my thing for a while in the band. Uh Nick did was like doing his solo or starting to do his solo music and everything. And then one day, uh the band I was in at the time didn't work out. Things as bands do, like breakups, they go south. And um I'm sitting around and somebody was like, Man, maybe you should connect with Nick again. And I was like, Yeah. I sent I the text why. like Hey buddy, it's Armand. Long time no talk. And I was like, holy shit, I haven't heard from this man in a million years. And then we get back together. And then all of a sudden, we're both doing our own thing together. So like he's doing his stuff, I'm doing my stuff. And we go on the road and we're kind of like playing shows together. With our solo music. Yeah. And then we decide on the road. We're just like, you know, we had a couple of beers. We think about things. And you're just like, you know, be real sick is if we brought the band back and he goes, Let's do that. And that is how Regenerated was born because hence the name Regenerating like ourselves and the band and everything. And there's a lot of metaphors and a lot of things that go behind some stuff, but that is what made that happen. So when we came back together and did that before Regenerated, we decided we would use what we didn't release from the EP 
and just release it as a new EP because no one really had heard it. And it ended up, you know, just starting our whole career almost started over. Yeah, it was like it was like a fresh, like a, a clean slate, like a, a do over uh, with establishing that, you know, Nick and I, because originally eons, eons ago, um, Nick only played guitar when him and I first got together. Yeah, when I first started the band. And then like, this was like together. us being like, you know, established after our animals, established the sound we wanted and the vibe that we were kind of going. I know we've, you know, definitely grown since that EP. I significantly grown in my opinion, but I think it was a good, it was a very good stepping point, like a very good start off for us. Yeah, so so Nick, was that like you know we, we talked earlier about like how you guys all got into music? Was that when you started to really discover your voice, or or had you been playing around before that with your solo stuff? So like how what, were you when you started really getting into singing? Yeah, no, um, so I never thought of myself as like a singing person, and like all I did was play guitar. And I mean, I obviously I still play guitar all the time especially when I'm, you know, writing songs and doing whatever, just playing by myself. But the thing is, is I, uh, I, we, we had a singer when we first started and we went through that and I was like, you know what, man, I think I can do that. So at first we started with me playing guitar and singing at the same time. And it's not like it wasn't a thing I could do. It was almost more like an absence of reactions and um, being able to, uh, you know, be with the crowd and doing yeah. stuff like that. Cause the crowd loves to sing as so do all of us. And it's like, you want to be right in, like you want to be right there and you want to get your face there. You want to be able to tell people to like, sing with you and make sure that they're able to use their voice because some people could be in the front crowd and they don't want to sing but you need to be there to tell them to sing and it's very hard to do behind a mic stand and a guitar so i think it's important that we have the two vocalists sing so we're able to almost hype each other up on stage so i ended up starting and at first it was more difficult but then i don't know my dad comes from like you know we I feel like my family comes from a long line of people singing and once I was able to really find my voice I've been able to keep improving upon it over time I've, I've never claim I'm the best singer or I'm anything close but I feel like I'm slowly finding my voice and becoming the best that I can be at it he's doing a good job yeah, I think he's doing a good I job appreciate it, yeah <laughs> almost ever <laughs> well i write the other <laughs> okay <laughs> well and it, i think it comes from the singing comes from the long of song that comes from the line of songwriting like i love to write songs not just music i love making songs and i need to be able to sing to bring them to life you know what i mean yeah yeah for sure or I'm sure too with you guys as, as vocalists too, or even Bao as a guitar player, right? You get you get a melody or a riff stuck in your head, and you're like, dude, I gotta I gotta get this down before I lose it. Five thousand percent. I can't I can't even make it through work. Check the the voice memos on all of our phones, and it's yeah, just it's like, like voice. But, yeah. but the cool <laughs> thing about this band is like because Nick writes, 
a lot. So you you can you get more input. So we're just outside listeners. So I'm like, this is something I would want to listen to. Yeah, Nick will come to us with like a structure of something and be like, here's the blueprint. Like writer's block. So yeah. Like when you sit, like write me a song, like this and that. It's just like you sit there and it's like, uh, okay, but you know what I mean? It's just kind of like yeah. it's hard. But like when you someone presents you an idea, it's like, okay, I see where this is coming from. I can put like some ideas or I, I just like it as is sometimes sometimes I we have no edits it's like this is a good song I want to learn it I want to play it like something we relate to you know what I mean? yeah and I mean that was kind of more the case so for like what I wanted because I wrote that song a lot just on my own but now with the new music we have moving forward too has been a real big like combination effort everyone has been putting in a lot of work and that's why i'm even more excited moving forward not to say that anything else isn't good but it's just it's it nice it makes it me more interested in yeah. the music too it keeps getting better right on man well before i let you guys go i know it's a little after nine i don't want to chew your ear off but uh i i'm enjoying talking to you guys there's a few more things i want to ask oh, you as and thanks as are we. yeah dude you're great man this is we're really happy we got to do this with you so yeah. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for the kind words, man. Yeah, you guys are great too. I appreciate the time. Um, I want to circle back to the uh to the music videos because for people listening to this, if you're not aware, well, first of all, please listen to the rest of the conversation and then go listen to their music and check out the music videos. But um the music videos, you guys have a lot of fun in them, and they're almost like short stories, which is really cool. Like it's like a storyboarded, almost like a short film, you know what I mean? And um, <laughs> and uh, and I and I I really enjoyed them. I uh, you know all it takes, which I mean is nearing uh, a million Spotify streams right now, and and the music video is doing really well on YouTube as well. That's got kind of like the cool waking up after, you know, uh, hangover kind of like party type of type of uh, situation. And I know that one was done in the pandemic. Um, my anxiety was like like a horror movie kind of plot type of thing going on. Like another that was, that was a bucket list thing for me. I, I was the killer in the, uh, in the video and I'm a huge horror movie fan. I got like Jason Voorhees on my throat, Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger. Um, so that was me living up my fantasy of being we a serial killer. Off. He couldn't make it through the, whole <laughs> we were having a party I when we were out there. And then the, the scene where I die, I was already so tired and had a couple too many beers <laughs> and they, <laughs> they, they took me out because they were like, this guy can't act no more. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, fair enough, boys. That makes sense. So that cool. that happened like during the shoot where it was like, oh, he's a little too yeah. he's having a little oh, too. Yeah. Much. Oh, because we spent we spent a whole number of days up at cabin <laughs> just having an up north winter experience. Throwing him back. Way too much fun. And like sometimes that happens, especially it's bad to happen during video shoots. And here oh, I am yeah, feeling actually, horrible during this interview. All, all it takes <laughs> were, were messed up. All our videos <laughs> were messed up all the time. It's having fun. No, it's having fun. It's, it's, it's Midwest. Yeah, that was like the perfect setting for uh for like the horror movie vibe too, because yeah, it's like the classic cabin in the woods. It, there was it was no on the ground. Yeah, that was great. That was great, man. Um, and then and then uh, role play. That was a pretty swank house or situation. That was uh that was like a ten million dollar house in Lake Geneva. Situation. Yeah. That's what happened there. That was a, a friend of ours. Uh, her dad worked with this guy that was uh, a multimillionaire. Lake Geneva. Oh. Lake Geneva, uh, which is um, close to Chicago. 
area it's, it's, it's close kind to of... the border of illinois i actually grew up in like Geneva yeah it's too, it's so. rich people's land so yeah this guy let us i mean he had like four garages and like yeah we didn't even get to use like the yeah. whole house like but it was i mean he had an infinity pool in the backyard you know and that was i felt rich that day that yeah. was a good day. <laughs> we felt like this is the life we want. I broke something five minutes being there after I was like, nobody break anything. And I moved uh, like um, <laughs> a table and this thing fell and broke. And everyone was like, bro. And I was like, damn, me. Typical Armand. <laughs> They're like, this is a 17th century vase. It's been in the oh general. My God. Yep, yep. I'm it's pretty like sure. An episode of It's Always Sunny where Frank, they're trying to steal the vase. I'm Frank. And then Frank <laughs> just goes, and he whips the thing and it just shatters the vase and they all look at each other and leave the house after they've been broken into it and sitting there all day i love that show i think one of my favorite lines from frank in that show quick aside is uh it's during the i believe it's the christmas special and they're trying to get him they're doing like the ghost of christmas past thing and they're like He's like, he's like, you know, you don't got to do nothing. When I die, just throw me in the trash. You know? It's just like, <laughs> throw me in the trash. I think, I think, uh, sorry to get on a side note again, but since we got it's always sunny. My favorite episode is when Dennis and Max stay in a house together for uh, oh the best. Because, because, because that is what it would be like if Nick and I had to stay and live in a house together for like a month <laughs> and I, I would be going to work every day <laughs> yeah eating the dog <laughs> News my, flash, asshole. <laughs> my favorite Sunny episode uh, and I'm a big horror movie fan too by the way um I keep Love trying it. to I, I keep trying to get my brother to watch Midsummer, and he's like, "Dude, I, I don't know." I'm like, "Dude, just watch it." I'm like, "It's not even like scary. It's just super unsettling and weird." And I I like that stuff. But uh, the McPoyle Ponderosa wedding episode, which was done like a like a Halloween type horror movie, about, dude. And I think uh, is uh, Guillermo del Toro in that one too? He's like the crazy. I, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even know that yeah, actually. Yeah. That's nuts, yeah. dude. <laughs> Dude, I love that dude. That episode just with Dennis being absolutely Un- insufferable. And he can't just give her the paperwork because he's just like, he's like, you've enhanced yourself. <laughs> Why, Maureen, you've enhanced yourself. Maureen, you've enhanced yourself. Why wouldn't you do that for me? It's all about the implication. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I love I love those guys, man. That show that show's been on almost twenty years. I think season dude, one, crazy. Crazy. season two. I've been watching crazy. the trailers, man. I am so. Yeah. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. That's that's an all time show. That that South Park, Stranger Things, probably my three three favorite shows. All oh, time. dude, the South Park pandemic episode when it's like in the future is. <laughs> Oh my god! I remember I watched that like I I broke my foot a little while back and I was like just all bummed out at home like can't go to work do anything and I just put that on I'm like how have I not fucking seen this this is amazing it, no the the pandemic episode oh yeah all the the different parts but just fucking every single time Eric's on stage and Kyle's like every single time Eric talks and you know because like Eric finds like his Jewish phrase and Kyle's just like 
He's fucking with me. Are you kidding <laughs> me? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where like, the time alters. Yeah. Like, and, uh, it's so bad. <laughs> Those guys have sorry, just been like. Sorry to get off track again. If no, I, like no, you're pop fine, culture, I could talk pop culture all day. So. Yeah. That's what's cool about podcasts. No, those guys have been hitting home runs for like 26 <laughs> years. It's crazy. It's so crazy. Um, and yeah, and and we were talking a little bit before the jump too. Um, with all it takes, you guys filmed that during the during the pandemic, and I, obviously everybody was safe and everything. But uh, that that looked like a really fun shoot, man. That's like just like a straight up house party vibe. It, dude, that was a blast. I mean, I remember. That was in Lake Geneva too. Yeah, that was it. Was it was a, a different part of Lake Geneva? Um, it was like a run a rundown house kind of. Um, and I I mean personally, me my favorite part of that whole shoot was they had me stand in the shower, uh, like like you know my pants and everything like that. I just took my shirt off and they just like blasted me with water, but there was no no hot water, so it was cold. So and they made me do that take like a good number of times, and I remember just being fucking freezing. But it was like. That's still to this day my personal favorite uh, scene I've shot. Well, Mind's Eye is my favorite video that I've done with us. I think that scene in All It Takes is my favorite. I had a blast during that shoot. I don't know about you guys. but So all those empty cans, we had to drink them. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we lived the actual nightmare of the wake up, too. And so yep. when we woke up and did that, it was just... It was such an interesting morning, and we all of our faces are real. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, none, none of us. The struggle. Right. I think the only, the only, the only fake part was yeah. our our drummer at the time. He didn't actually throw up. That was fake. That was the fake. Yeah, part. The way he, he he like pukes on the screen. It was that, like applesauce. Yeah, yeah or it was applesauce like and like a mixture of oatmeal. But when you see us struggling there, or like sitting there. on the couch or like anything, yeah, we we were feeling rough that day. <laughs> Midwest people could throw down, man. That's one thing that people don't have in Tennessee either is basements. You know what I mean? Like oh, I don't yeah. party. Oh, parties, basements man. and garages, man. Yeah, like down here, the only they people have, have basements. basements but I'm just hanging out in the basements and garages. I'm just saying, hang out. With <laughs> yeah, I'm not meaning yeah. they don't have garages. Yeah, man, it's it's weird. Like everything down here is like rock. So you gotta you gotta be like wealthy to like blast through. You need like friggin' dynamite, you know. Going through, like, you know what I mean? Like, but the Midwest, yeah, the, the basement was the hangout spot growing up, man. That's where the video games were. That's where the music was. You know what I mean? I don't party as hard as I used to. I'm getting older, fellas. But uh, no, that was, uh, right that was, with oh, you. we're actually yeah. following straight behind you. Right? So we understand. <laughs> I've been in Harper. hermit mode. One of my friends, you ever have a friend just say something that hits you like too real? Like where they just read your soul. I was talking to an old friend last week. I'm like, dude, it's good to hear from you, man. I'll, I I know I've been in hermit mode. He's like, dude, Mike, when are you not in hermit mode? I'm like, dude, I know, I know. I don't oh. need you to say it. Though. I don't. I don't need you to say it. <laughs> yeah. I think COVID made everybody kind of into a hermit. You know, like. I don't know. I still like to. I mean, live I my life outside, people, dude. Even though I love the, the hundreds of people that come to our show, I <laughs> every time. Well, I, I get freaked like, out too. It's just because I want to do a good job. Germs and toilet paper. <laughs> well, that yeah, that's that's the weird thing about venues, right? It's like the the bathroom situation, right? Because it's like if something's gonna go down, you're like, what? What? 
I, I I always wonder that, like, like what, how some of them are really nice, but then some of them you're like, what, what happened in here? Did somebody get slaughtered? Like what? Yeah, what you, is- you walk in there, the doors hanging off the hinge. There's shit on the wall. Like <laughs> you're like. You're like, what the? There's like, so many things. And the rest of the venue will be beautiful. It'll be a nice venue. But it's like, literally, they're like, okay, anything that you can do to fuck that thing up, they, they like probably pulled the staff aside. They're like, you do it there. That is your place to let go. Like, <laughs> yeah, do you have a pocket knife? Yeah. Scratch Carve something in, into the wall. It in. Write some drug want. dealer's number on that stall. Let's get some business flowing through here. Like, <laughs> I mean, like I have IBS and I go in there sometimes and I'm like, what oh did you God, preach in the choir? Like, what yeah, did, what we, you, we, it's terrible. We got a lot in common here, dude. Yeah. The, the goal is that you don't have the time. You got to shit before. I've been spraying this whole time. You got to okay. shit before the venue. You got shit at the gas station down the street or at the yeah. house you're staying at. You pray to God that the person that is housing you that night doesn't go in the bathroom <laughs> after you, at least yeah. until after you leave. <laughs> Dude, Sorry it is. That everybody it's, have done that too. No, it's it's cool. It's like it's, but it is IBS. It's just it's like inconvenient, man. But then Dude, sometimes, right like you're about to play. Yeah, it's the nerves, news. man. It's the it's like that ancient nerves thing. It does something to your gut, man. And you're just like, <laughs> oh crap! Now now I gotta go. Of course I gotta yeah. go. You're like, it's a sandwich. It's okay. All right. All right. Let's stop. Stop talking about back on track. (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we before we wrap it up, well, I mean, this will be out in July, so it's cool to tell people I will I will see you guys in August. I'm excited about that because I feel like these these shows or these songs will translate well live. That's awesome. Yeah, it'll be sick to meet you in person. Yeah, dude, talk about our IBS then. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we could we could share you know what kind of fibers we like to use, probiotic gummies, you know, things like that. You know what I mean? There you go. There you go. Um, but, uh, for you guys, as far as what you've got coming up the next couple of months, what you can, what you can let out of the bag. I mean, we're recording this in June. This will, this will be hitting everybody's ears probably like July ish, like mid, mid, late July ish. So, uh, what can you tell the people about what you've got coming up on deck as far as the, the summer goes? Pro wise, we've got a show with, uh, Elisana at the end of June, um, in Madison, Wisconsin, we're playing with the, the band of void in Milwaukee um july 14th july 14th that we just announced that what would be today but not when everyone's listening to it um and then we've got uh a tour in august that will be out there for everybody to see and then um probably another new song a new song there will be a new song called sideways yeah you heard it here first yeah it's maybe so yeah it's called sideways we'll see if it's out by now because otherwise then you know, you've already, you've already heard, it. heard it then. And hopefully so. you like it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Looking forward to looking forward to checking it out. And um before we officially wrap up, I mean, just with the, the theme of the show being perseverance and, and moving forward, anything you guys want to share with um the listeners as far as you know, things that uh, have worked for you guys that you might feel like help somebody out there if they're struggling right now. I mean, you don't have to get super personal and stuff. I'm not trying to turn into like Barbara Walters and, you know, make you bear your soul. But but anything that you want to pass on to anybody as far as, uh, you know, things things that you might feel like could be helpful for somebody out there right now if they're struggling a little bit. So me personally, I would say, um, man, rely on your support system. You can ask Nick, man. I call him on my worst days. Um, 
every the whole day. Band. Yeah, like I, yeah, every day. I, uh, I mean, your friends are there for you. People are there. People want to listen. People do want to help. You just got to speak up. And no matter what happens, uh, there's always tomorrow. And just keep moving forward. That's my advice. And I'd say, uh, along with that, because I agree completely. Um, also love your craft. And if you don't have a craft, get a craft. Mm. Get get something you love in your mm-hmm. life. A lot of side hobbies. Yeah, get something that makes you feel fulfilled every day. And you know, for me too, it's like I, you know, with music, music becomes a job. It becomes something that you have to do every day, and it becomes not that same hobby and craft you love but even though you still do it and you love it and you still do want to do it there's a lot more responsibilities but then it's like you know you have to find those things like i love to paint i love to draw i love to write you have to find things that give you escapism i love to go to the gym run be outside hike those are things that you need to do in order to give your brain the proper amount of serotonin and happiness in order to move on to the next day, because it's always important to wake up every day, you know, and you got to view each day as an opportunity to do something good with your life and be happy and love yourself. And I would say if you want to truly avoid a uh, heartbreak, don't be a Green Bay Packers fan. There we go. <laughs> Had to throw that in there. <laughs> uh, what about you, man? Uh, let, let's go. Uh, yeah, just talk, talk, talk about it. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I mean, I've had a couple too many, but yeah. <laughs> In typical oh, after oh, our animals fashion, is the bow is the is is closed off. Bow's the bow's the you know float on guy. So. The float on guy. I like that. <laughs> I'm the support. We're me and Armon are emotional. That's why we're vocalists, right? Where where you hard on your sleeve? Oh yeah, way too right much. There. Yeah, the- <laughs> <laughs> beating, up, beating on both arms, man. Well, for people who are unaware, I'll obviously put up the the links in the podcast description for this episode. Once again, dudes, thank you so much, Nick Armon Bow. It's been awesome talking to you. But uh, let you them know where they find you, man. Uh, we are after our animals. You can find us on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok. Uh, it's typically at After Our MKE, but you can also look up After Our Animals. And we want to get to know you. Follow us, hit us up, message us, see us at shows. Love it. Sweet. Yo, this is fun, dudes. I appreciate you giving me an hour and a half of your time. And uh, yeah, keep doing your thing, man. I love, I love the music you're putting out and. I look forward to seeing you in the Music City. Rock and roll, man. No worries. You have a good one. Thank you very much. There you have it. That was my conversation with Nick Armand and Bao of the band After Our Animals out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Make sure you go follow these guys on Instagram at After Our MKE. Their website is AfterOurAnimals.com. This August, they've got a string of shows coming up. One in Jacksonville on August 16th. 
right here in Nashville, Tennessee on August 17th. I will be there. And Davenport, Iowa on August 19th. Rockford, Illinois on August 20th. So to get all that information, go follow those guys on IG. Check out their website, After Our Animals. Com. And once again, if you're a fan of metalcore, if you're a fan of hard rock, if you love Bad Omens, Dayseeker, I Prevail, Bring Me the Horizon, those kinds of bands, you'll love After Our Animals. Um, I, again, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of these dudes from Regenerated to My Anxiety, which I really relate to, Dangerous, the latest one, What I Wanted. You do the same. Like I'm a big, big fan of what these guys have put out over the past couple of years, and I just want to say thanks again to Johnny for getting me in touch with these dudes. Johnny's been a big supporter of the show over at High Road Publicity, and uh, I'm really grateful for all of the great people he sent in my way, including the dudes and After Hour Animals. So once again, I just want to say to Nick, Armand, and Bao, dudes, thank you so much for taking the time to do the podcast. It was it was great chatting with you guys, and it's fun to finally get this conversation out because we actually talked in, in early June for everybody listening and um, and that's what's cool too, you know, to be in a position where I, where I can actually kind of backlog stuff, and I have enough interest in the show that people want to do it. But uh, but dudes, I had a great time talking with you. The the Midwest kinship is strong, but also I'm just a genuine fan of what you're doing as a fan of heavy music and metalcore and hard rock. And uh, you guys are coming up with your own unique blend. You're putting out cool music videos, and uh, and it's cool to see the live shows too. I'm I'm super excited to meet you guys in person here in a few weeks and see you in Nashville, man. So thank you so much for taking the time to hop on the podcast. And once again, thank you to all of you for taking the time to listen, especially if you're a first time listener, if being a fan of after our animals brought you here, welcome to the pirate ship. And, uh, if you did enjoy what you heard, if you, if you want to take the time to leave a rating and a review on either Apple or Spotify, if you want to take the time to subscribe, connect with me on Instagram at March 4th pod, um, all of those things go a long way in helping the show get out to more people and helping this conversation get out to more people and put more people onto after our animals. And that's something that I, I take pride in, man. You know, it's, uh, it's cool to be able to have artists on the come up like after our animals and, and know that you're part of helping get them out to more people. Uh, not that they need my help, but, uh, but that is what's cool about doing this podcast. It's, it's not just content. It's not just, oh, I need to put an episode out. It, it really is cool when you get a chance to talk to other good people and have a great conversation and hopefully put people on to, to, to new music that maybe they weren't aware of previously, man. So keep running up what I wanted. Uh, stay tuned for Sideways. Once again, their, their forthcoming single that's coming out on August 18th, so the day after I see him here in Nashville. And uh, yeah, man, that's going to be a wrap on this week's episode. Once again, you can follow me on Instagram at March 4th Pod. You can follow me on YouTube at March 4th Pod. I don't have any videos up yet, but... Uh, the audio version of the episode is there on YouTube to listen as well, in addition to all the major streaming platforms. So you can check me out on YouTube. There's video content coming. I just need to invest in some video editing software. Actually, the dudes in, in After Our Animals were, were talking to me about what they use and some good ones that I can use with my my new laptop. But uh, and, and then you can follow me uh, or, or my link trees in the, in the podcast description as well, rather. That's, that's all down there. So if you want to follow After Our, Our Animals, once again, at After Our MKE on Instagram. Their website is AfterOurAnimals.com. That's in the podcast description. 
all my stuff's in the podcast description. So there's really no excuse for you to not follow us and support us. I mean, what are you doing? Watching TikTok? Huh? What, how, many, how many different ways can you watch somebody make a sandwich or some kid do a funny dance? Huh? You might as well listen to some good music, listen to a good podcast, and be the one to tell your friends, yo, I heard about After Hour Animals first, and I heard about them on March 4th pod. All right, so you can act like you're a big old fanboy now, but Mr. Bauman and the dudes in After Our Animals, I heard on the March 4th podcast. So anyway, I don't know what that voice was. I'm going to wrap it up uh, and finish off my Sunday night, get ready for the work week. But uh, I love you all. Keep the faith and be kind to one another. Courtesy of Nick, Armand, and Bao from After Our Animals, here is their latest single, What I Wanted. Peace. <laughs> Closer. Every time I held on, you'd let go Every day, since you've been gone My heart still beats, but the beat ain't strong I'm glad that it won't stop But so sad that it's making my tears drop I'm glad that it won't stop But so sad that it's making my tears drop What did I want What's for you to say that you see something in me? You still want my company? Why did I want it then? What's for you to say? You and I are meant to be, but you left with a piece of me. Yeah.